Hi everyone, I am here with somebody today. His name is Jide. <laughs> okay, so a little introduction. Uh, I knew Jide from school. Not like very much, but like I had met him a few times in school. And then where I started working in Ibadan, he was a colleague of mine. So we were, we worked for over a year before he left and he moved to Amsterdam for work. So uh, that's it. And Jude came to Lithuania for Christmas. So he's here with me here. Hi, Jude. Hi, <laughs> So uh, let's just talk about what your experience in Lithuania has been like when you landed, what it seemed like, just the feel, first impression of Lithuania. Okay. Um, well, I guess the first thing that I realized was. Um, when I was actually on my way um, to Lithuania, so I took the connecting flight through Austria, um, Vienna, and then I realized when I got there that I was traveling for the first time to a country in Eastern Europe and I did not know a single word <laughs> of the language. Um, so I had to do a few things, check up a few things on Google Translate, download the Lithuanian language offline. Thankfully, it's on Google Translate on my phone, so I knew that I would be fine if I had to land in. Um, but yeah, first impressions for me was um, it's um, it's very different from like Western Europe. So I've spent some time in um, in Netherlands, of course, in Amsterdam where I am, but also in Germany, in France, in the UK, in, and also in Spain. And um, I've seen that it is uh, very much different here than it is there. Um, a lot of things that I saw just kind of reminded me of like um, Soviet era, like things you see in like movies and like documentaries around like the Soviet era. So I got like a sense of that. Um, I think um, people here have been maybe more reserved to themselves than I f- would find in Western Europe, but. Um, I was still also able to get help from a few people, so that was still quite nice. Um, knowing that you can still rely on other humans when you have challenges. Um, um, what else? Um, yeah, I think my journey here was fairly straightforward. Um, I knew how to get to the station, uh, and of course, I was also able to take the train that got me down quickly and safely. Um, I think a lot of things are still pretty much the same in Europe. Um, but yeah, it still feels uh, a bit different. Okay. Now let's take it back a little to when you left Nigeria. When did you leave? How did you leave? Why did you leave? Where are you? <laughs> what are you doing? When, how, why? Okay. <laughs> uh, when would be February? 28 2018 actually february 27th i flew out on the 27th of february oh yeah I don't know. um and then i landed the following morning um but yeah that was when i left so it's um 20 months now probably about that oh. time um or 22 22 22 actually um where i am I'm in Amsterdam. I live and work there. I work at a company called Booking.com. Um, and um, how I I got to move? Well, um, 
I applied for a job um, and I went through the interview process and I got <laughs> it. Um, but if I, if I cut back a bit more, um, to be more specific, um, my journey with Booking started with um, a recruiter reaching out to me in April of 2018 um, around like an opportunity to join the company and um, and I was also really excited about that and I shared that with my boss, Tooks, or who was our boss our then. Boss. Um, talked to him about the opportunity, he thought it was really good and thought I should apply. And then I had to brush up my CV a bit. He gave me some guidance there and then I applied. And then I didn't hear back from the recruiter. So I sent a few follow-up back emails after over a few weeks. And then there was nothing and I was I felt really annoyed. Because uh, it was yeah, it was very unprofessional. Um and yeah, I think at that point I just had um very little interest. I also knew someone or talks knew someone more who was also leaving um, Nigeria to join Booking then so I spoke to him for a while just to get a few ideas about the process and to have an idea of that but things didn't pan out and I just um, moved um, away from that um, later during the year I felt I wasn't growing as much in my career and I wanted uh, a few changes um, and so I thought about um, getting a job um, remotely and working from Nigeria and I tried out for a bit, I applied to a few companies, um, that didn't also work out as well. And then I decided to try um, not only to look for remote opportunities, but to look for opportunities that would require that I get to move as well. And um, I did add a few as well, I did a few more interviews, um, none of them fully went through. And then I remembered um, I was also um, mentoring a few um Nigerians who were just starting out their career at that point in time and uh, booking.com which is um, really is where I work now um, they were going to hold like a hackathon in Lagos uh, for a few days I think over a weekend and I heard about it like super early because I knew of um, the person who I mentioned um, Clive who was um, who was already working at Booking at that point in time was coming down and I had like some information about that and I shared that with a few people. I thought it was going to be nice anyways for people who were starting out their career to meet other developers and to work on a project and to learn how to collaborate and all of these things. Um, but I wasn't interested in doing that. And then I spoke to someone specifically who is Bolu um, and Bolu applied for it and he, was, he got his space to be in the hackathon and then he talks to me also I think over the over a week or two following his registration that I should join as well that it would be fun and he was actually looking forward to maybe getting to hack on something with me and I thought maybe that would also be nice and then I decided to apply but um, for the hackathon that is and when I did um, I was told that it was um, spaces were already full but the person checked my CV and thought I could just go straight into the interviewing process. And then I decided to do that. And um, yeah, I would say luckily for me and also based on some experience I had with interviewing in previous companies, I was able to um, scale through the process for the interviewing. And I got the offer in December of 2017. Um, and then I was able to move in February of 2018. Oh, that's cool. Uh, you just mentioned Bolu and I remembered <laughs> Bolu. 
it'll be nice for him to know that you're here by the way anyway <laughs> that's by the way so what okay i think you mentioned why you thought you weren't like growing much in your yeah. career and you wanted a yeah. change so did you like was it specifically netherlands for you or you were just open to anywhere um i think for me it was mostly i was a bit open but i preferred europe a bit more um for me um the appeal of the eu and being able to travel easily amongst the mm-hmm. different countries for me was a big appeal mm-hmm. um there was also the fact where um it was much closer to home um as compared to like the us or canada or if mm-hmm. you're in like australia or yeah. like um or hong kong or somewhere <laughs> much farther away um and there was also the time zone difference which is usually not very much so i felt that i would still have a connection to home um or it would be a lot easier transitioning to moving out and being by myself for the very first time in a country where i knew almost no one i thought it would would have been a lot easier for me um so europe was was a good place but i didn't have any country specifically in mind Okay, let's talk about culture shocks. Okay. So I know we've spoken a bit about that okay. off record, but like, let's talk about some like some culture shocks you experienced moving to Europe. Okay. Um, so I I think one of the first things that we talked about, which was, uh, which maybe stood out for me a bit, um, was the fact that you see people and couples yes. um, having like. Uh, public display of affection everywhere like so that happens that is that is really common um it's a really common thing in europe i think in uh, and yeah that was very different for me growing up in nigeria i mean you have couples and they do kiss or more um but they do these things in secrets right they mm-hmm. don't do it for everyone to see mm-hmm. and you have this um, illusion that everyone is not doing, <laughs> not anything, doing anything right? people are doing things in secret you know uh, but here everything is things are more open right maybe not sex because in most places that is illegal but um you see people holding hands a lot more confidently you see people kissing or making out a lot more mm-hmm. and that for me of course was uh yeah it was very was yeah. very different um um the food was also a thing for me um mm-hmm. I mean, there was no spice anywhere most of the food tasted bland yep um so that was also a thing for me i had to adjust to figure out where to get um Nigerian like ingredients for if I wanted to cook I needed to learn how to make a few other dishes myself um, also talking about food um, so um, at the company where I work at booking.com we also have like a canteen and usually lunch is served to the employees of the company and you had so much options for food and I was basically stuck like I could not for the life of me figure out what to eat because you had you had all types of greens you had different types of bread you had different types of soups you have hot meals you had so many options and i basically could not 
choose find something to eat and so usually i look around and i find something familiar and then in some places usually they had like some white rice always yeah so i end up taking some white rice i find something which is red that looks like some stew and i put that <laughs> on it and then i eat that i remember i had that uh, my first three days i basically ate the same thing which was i mean it really wasn't stew i have no idea what it was um but yeah i ate that and that was really weird yeah and uh there was also one other thing um one last one which i think was a bit of a shock i think this is more specific to the dutch culture i'm not sure if it's um if it happens in a lot of other places but so far i haven't seen that and it's the fact that um so in, in dutch culture people are also very open to sharing in a way i mean i spoke to a few people about this but i'm sure it's not a direct translation for what it means but it's like opening up like their lives and what is happening in their homes to other people outside so people are usually very comfortable for example having their blinds open and you find that that happens a lot in the netherlands where people have um, their windows open um during the day and someone who's walking by the street can peek into your house and see what's happening you can see you on your couch watching tv <laughs> or in the evening someone is walking by and can see you at the dinner table with your friends you know having dinner and see really everything weird. that's happening yeah i mean for me it was also very weird because we had curtains but you'd rather block out your curtains and then turn on the lights um and this was completely different right people would probably only turn on the lights in the evenings and um the windows usually because you also have very large windows um is enough to emulate like the room and the house and usually even at night for a lot of people still leave their um blinds yeah open. their blinds open so for me that was also a bit um was also a bit odd to see um but now yeah i'm used to that Okay, so do you miss anything about Nigeria? Do you have plans of going back to Nigeria? Like moving back to Nigeria? Hmm, okay. Um well, I don't miss Nigeria as a country. I miss um the people that I left behind. I miss my family, I miss my friends. Um I miss the food sometimes. And um I think there are there are some days where it is really cold that I wish I was somewhere warm I wish I was back home <laughs> yeah um but I I think I think if there's any other thing I probably miss about Nigeria is the feeling I have when I'm in Nigeria I feel like I am home you know I feel like I belong and um I see people who look like me everywhere around uh-huh. um and it's very different when you are a minority in a different uh-huh. country so I mean Amsterdam for me right now is my home But there are times when it doesn't feel like that. Uh-huh. Um and I always have that feeling in Nigeria. I'm always super relaxed in Nigeria. I don't have um any issues that way. Uh-huh. So I think I would say that's what I miss um about home. Yeah. Fair enough. So in the beginning I missed a very important part of my meeting today. 
and that was the fact that we both co-owned a cat. Let me explain. He owned this cat, Mary Jane, back in school, and when he was moving from Ife, he needed somebody to keep the cats and take care of the cats. At that point, I was also looking for a cat to buy or to get. So he offered to give us his cats for free as long as we took care of her. And that was how we we became Mary Jane's new family <laughs> before he left. So yeah, that's a very important part of like my first um, interaction with GD. Also, uh, we... A part of this recording is missing because for some weird reason, I don't know, I didn't save it. I thought we were going to remake it, but we didn't. Unfortunately, he answered a couple of these or that questions. Oh, well, these things happen. But this podcast was recorded on the 25th of December, but I haven't had time to edit and put it up. And I'm just doing this now to explain like missing parts and all of that stuff. But I hope that you enjoy it and have like a little more insight into GD's life <laughs> in the abroad and all of that. So yeah, happy holidays.